Hey everyone, welcome to MCU Fan Show episode 264. My name is Sean Gerber. In a moment, I'll be joined by Paul Herman for our spoiler review of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, episode 5, Mean, Green, and Straight Poured Into These Jeans, directed by Anu Valia, written by Dana Schwartz. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, was created for television by Jessica Gao, and it is a Kevin Feige production. Before our review begins, want to let you know about Fan Show Plus, where you can hear us talk about extra MCU topics like news coming out of D23 Expo, such as the trailers for Secret Invasion and Werewolf by Night, as well as the roster for Thunderbolts and the characters that we will see in Captain America New World Order. You can find that at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, or if you search for Fan Show Plus or the MCU Fan Show channel, on Apple Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at MCU Fan Show on both of those social media platforms. And if you're enjoying the show, we would greatly appreciate a rating and review from you over on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much to everyone who has already taken the time to share their thoughts. And now it's time for MCU Fan Show by Titania. How you doing, Paul Herman? Hasn't been a long time between episodes this time around. No, very familiar. Something very familiar about this right now. So, yeah, I'm ready. It's almost ready. as if we just talked about an episode of She-Hulk, but almost. we're going to be caught up now. Once we get through, get through like we don't want to, once we get to do this review, <laughs> yes. because we get to do this now, we will be caught up on our She-Hulk spoiler reviews. And this, with, with it being episode five, well, I guess midway through this episode, we were halfway through the series. So now we're beyond the midway point for She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We've been big fans of the series so far. If there was one episode that was a little bit of a blip, I guess you could say episode three, although if you go back and listen to it, we liked the episode, just not as much as episodes one, two, and four of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. But going back through that episode and the reason why I have this long windup to make this point is the weakness of episode three i think paul you and i were in agreement on was the b story so when you do television comedy plotting and you have your a story and your b story that's just the way you do it that's television story structure so i have no problem with the structure being employed for the series you just want to make sure the b story is closer in quality uh and attention to the a story didn't quite happen uh, at least it wasn't quite so successful. It wasn't bad, but wasn't totally successful in episode three. This is an episode that definitely goes with A and B stories, A and B plots for the television comedy before inevitably connecting them. And I think the A and B story, well, the A story continues to be good, just like it was in episode three. I think the B story works a little bit better in this one, and it also works in harmony better with the A story when we connect them between what's going on with Jennifer Walters being sued by Titania and this ongoing thing of Jennifer needing clothes and how that becomes a, a task for Nikki and Pug to sort out and the way that they do that. All of it works. The comedy is there in the B story. Uh, the plot is there in the B story. It all just works uh, better than we saw in episode three. So while I wouldn't necessarily put this at quite the same level as episode four, a lot of interesting things that continue some of the core identity themes that we've talked about in previous spoiler reviews, and I'm looking forward to exploring those in the conversation that we have here. But uh, Paul, with this going back to, and this, by the way, still does a lot of the comic book storytelling that I uh, mm -hmm. was referencing in uh, in our episode four spoiler review. But since we have, we're back into more traditional TV comedy structure, Paul, how did this one work for you compared to episode three? I, I liked it better than episode three, not as much as episode four, but it wasn't like a complete like, you know, if episode four was like a, a an eight, seven and a half, eight, this was like a seven, maybe 6.5, but not in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad. I think 6.57 is a good way to go, to be honest. Um, the, the B story wasn't my favorite, though I laughed out loud a couple of times and, and whatever. Uh, but that being said, I think the strength of this episode to me was Titania. I, I I thought that whole idea was a lot of fun mm -hmm. and that whole uh, that whole a plot was so strong that I didn't really care about 
as much about the when we recite the side quest, if you will. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to get uh, Jen some clothes, which again, you got bring up a great point too, is that you're kind of that will intersect and it, and it will it does come up and we're getting that and we're gonna get that probably in the next episode, just like how I thought episode four was set up um episode three kind of set up episode four a little bit it makes episode retroactively better i think which i think i, I like this episode first and foremost i liked it i i think the next couple episodes could even do the same what three did for four uh, or four did for three excuse me so um though i didn't love the b plot i love the a plot a lot i thought it was a lot of fun i laughed out loud we'll talk about titania and everything here in a second but yeah i for the most part it wasn't quite i think as crisp and it, uh, the in pacing wise, I think as episode four was for me, but again, lots of great stuff in this, in this episode that just kind of furthers my love of the show. And the more, I just want more of it to be quite honest. And I, it's, it, it's, it also Sean, I don't want it to be longer as far as episode wise. I think the length is so perfect. This one could have been longer. I you think so. Okay. Yeah. Because of what I liked so much about this episode was Titania and I feel like there should have been there still should have been more Titania in this episode. And I know that she's going to come back. She teases that at the end of the episode that this is an over hater, like all of that. <laughs> Jamila Jamil. I mean, look, I love her from The Good Place. And she is so so I had high hopes for what she would do in this series and what she does here as Titania, because we I mean, we barely saw her in that courtroom scene. She's just like, who are you? And then she gets knocked out. So to see her in this episode, I thought her performance was so good. She was absolutely hilarious. But I also feel like that competitive streak that Titania ha clearly has with She-Hulk, that's definitely going to fuel her next appearance, presumably in this series. I still would have liked to see more in that. It, it's not, it has nothing to do with what's there isn't enough or isn't good. It's because it's so good that I just want to see more of that in this mm -hmm. episode and you know like when you have a scene uh, a perfect example would be of to try and illustrate my point anyway is the scene where she's having her social media event and i know that the purpose of that is for jen to and nikki there as well to get the face to face with titania but how about instead of having jen immediately find titania like let's show some of titania enjoying this moment by herself not necessarily with jennifer walters present just yet we know that jen's on the way but spend some time with titania as a character and i i get that that's kind of your point about this character is that she's more of an idea than a person but she is still a person and so i, I do want to see that even if she's selling herself as an idea as a brand uh, using the name She-Hulk to do so in this instance. But I, I think there could have been more uh, Titania. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's get into uh, the episode, which does start like the, the fact that they changed the title card to She-Hulk by Titania is amazing. Uh, I absolutely love that. And also uh, a, a great, great appearance by Cousin Ched as played by Nicholas Cirillo as Jennifer Walters is watching all of this She-Hulk by Titania stuff sitting on her couch and he just barges in. And I love how he's, uh, how her, like when she says you can't just barge in or whatever, he's like, well, that's kind of funny because that's what I just did. Uh, I thought was hilarious. Also, you're not really supposed to think that highly of Chad and, and you can certainly, you've been given reason to question his intelligence at various points when we've met him in this series. But I like that he is there explaining to uh, Jennifer Walters, the whole trademark thing, as the process server did at the end of uh, at the end of episode four, uh, which Jennifer Walters already knows this and doesn't need these things explained to her. But the fact that they are being explained to her just highlights how she feels about this. That she got, as Mallory Book will later tell her, like legally outmaneuvered by this person, by Titania, by not getting a trademark for the name She-Hulk. But why didn't she get the trademark? Well, she didn't really love the name or the identity of She-Hulk, or at least that's what she thinks, and that's how she thinks she feels about She-Hulk, but she actually feels quite differently, as she will discover throughout uh, throughout the episode, which I think is what makes it work. Um, but this initial thing between Jen and Cousin Ched and everything that's going on there with Titania leading up to that Titania title card, I thought was amazing. Like, I... when. When it cut to the She-Hulk by Titania title card, that was a big laugh out loud for me. Yeah, this, I, the, the, the Cousin Ched thing, I, I'm, I'm like, I was fine about it, whatever. But to me, 
I, I just loved all the buildup of Titania's, you know, the whole empire, uh, you know, and we'll get into Titania here in a second, but yeah, I, I liked all the buildup and what they were doing with it. I think I thought the purpose that he was there and what you were trying to do with it was perfect because you need to explain that like Jennifer is very smart. She's very intelligent, but she just doesn't think about these things like trademarking her name and things like, again, going back to what we talked about. Well, normally she would have, right? Like she's, this this is element. Yeah. The point of this is not to show Jennifer Walters is a bad lawyer. The point of this is really, uh, and that's where like, yeah, but it's, it's such a good piece of writing, like in the middle of this series. Like if you're tracking the season long arc, that's what makes this perfect. Like, how do you deal with a character who is resisting an identity, but is ultimately going to embrace it? Like, how do you have them discover their love for this identity, their love for this part of themselves, threaten it, you know, have somebody come in and say, well, if you don't want it, I'm going to take it. And I think that is, it's such a clever thing to do in the season arc uh, of this series. Right. And it, I, I think it totally elevates the material. Like, yes, there's so much of this that's just about being superficial. All these products that Titania has that are basically the same thing. And none of them, I'm sure, accomplish anything despite the high prices that Nikki talks about when she's scrolling through the website. All of that feels like it's just this superficial thing and almost this lighthearted commentary on social media and influencers and stuff like that. But it's really cutting to the heart of where Jennifer Walters is at in her uh, in her journey, which, you know, I'll I'll go on more about this as, as we go on. But uh, back and, to you, Paul. Yeah. And I think, you know, just wrap up what my thoughts on this little part here. I do think that, again, going back to where I said last episode about how She-Hulk is kind of bringing in a real-world aspect, like how things kind of work. And the copyright is another one I thought was fantastic that they brought up the idea of what happens with these people with, you know, with their names and how marketing and things like that. So this is all stuff that it's being like they're addressing within the universe. And I love that. Again, your world building very – it's not like, you know, world building like universe world building, but it's – small world building that I think is essential for, I think for the longevity of the MCU going forward, I'm just having, keeping it fresh and relatable, you know? Uh, So I think that that's where I'm like, man, like I love the kind of the, these smaller aspects we're getting and addressing. It's important, I think, to, to keep establishing your, your universe or world or whatever. And I love it. So, So yeah, we're building off, we're going off of basically the last episode of, of that, what these real world ideas are and they're going on it. And I love it. So yeah, this is good stuff for you. Yeah, it really is. And so when they go to the Titania event, like I like Nikki's approach to it, just ent- don't wait in line, just enter with confidence and uh, tends to uh, work out. doesn't always work out by the way, but worked out for Nikki because she's able to pull it off. But I, I like how, you know, Titania it plays the whole thing of not knowing who Jennifer Walters is. I, I believe Titania knows exact, not just who She-Hulk is, exactly who Jennifer Walters is at this point. And even say, that's why the insult is there. I'm sorry, little child. You have to go to the back of the line. And that sequence was great. And as I said, Jamila Jamil's performance in this was great. I think this was an opportunity in this scene before we get to the confrontation with Walters to maybe show Titania a little bit on her own. But it, it's something that I think could have helped this episode and elevated it a bit more because it's already really good. I think it could have been even better with more of Titania, but I also think that maybe some of the things I was hoping to see in this episode we will probably get later on down the line uh, in the series, in which case maybe this won't stand out so much as an issue for me with this fifth episode. But when they get back to the office and Jen, I, I... the, the, the reverse psychology of Nikki and Ginger Gonzaga has been great as Nikki this whole time, but she really shines in this one in her interactions with Jennifer, in her interactions, of course, with Pug in the B story. All of that just works so incredibly. She is so funny in them. She's been funny throughout, but she is so funny in this episode in particular, but also giving Jennifer Walters that reverse psychology a little bit like, well, you didn't even care about the name. It's not a big deal. And Jennifer talking through it and saying one thing like she doesn't care about the name she can just let it go it's no big deal but what she can't let go of is the stapler that she's crushing in her hand so like her mouth might be saying that she doesn't care but everything else uh, about her is saying that she cares very much about this which puts it on that theme with her identity and being able to embrace it and to think about what this is in a broader concept and 
Jennifer Walters had something that she really loved about herself, right? She loved her career. She loved the track that she was on, that she was successful as an attorney. She loved everything about the direction that her life was going, or maybe not everything, but she was happy enough with the way things were going, so happy that she didn't like when it was threatened and her life with, you know, threatened with the possibility of her life being something else as well. And she's been striking, she's been having difficulty finding that balance of still trying to find happiness and fulfillment in what already brought her happiness and fulfillment while resisting this other thing. And so much so that the way she tries to say it, like, I'm still Jennifer Walters. She-Hulk is just a thing that happened to me. She-Hulk isn't me. It's a thing that happened to me. But we know that she's realizing that it is part of her identity. And I think that's such a beautiful thing as far as what it speaks to from a human experience and not just a theme park ride is that that idea of loving and embracing yourself, not just the things that you already knew and loved about yourself, but the new things that you discover that may be scary at first that you may not necessarily realize that or may not have known or been aware uh, were there and were part of your journey. Or maybe the reason you weren't aware is because they really weren't there. And then some other set of circumstances changes that or impacts your identity And it doesn't mean that what was there before is totally gone if you still wanted to be there, but making peace with and embracing and loving this other part of yourself and not being ashamed of it, as Jennifer Walters says when she says she's not proud of it when she uses a She-Hulk dating profile, and there was no reason for her to not be proud of having a She-Hulk dating profile. But going back to what is uh, what was there at the end of the first episode and what what comes back at the end of this episode with the very cruel pediatric oncologist, it still speaks to that point. I'm not defending his taste of like loving She-Hulk but hating Jennifer Walters, but what we really have to get to, it doesn't matter what guy or or whatever she's going to date or any of those things. It's more the, the journey that Jennifer Walters and the destination for her in this character arc is for her to love. And she, she refers to them as both. Like when she talks about her suit, I need clothes that suit both bodies. Okay, both bodies, but not both people. That's the same person. And that was called out by Bruce Banner way back in the first episode. Mm -hmm. There is no other guy. It's all you. It's all Jennifer Walters, which she acknowledges in that first episode, but I don't think she's fully reconciled all that that means. And throughout the course of these episodes, we are seeing that happen. And it takes a big step forward in that season-long arc for the character in this particular episode, where it really is about embracing it in all phases, embracing it by actually acknowledging you like this, you want this, you're happy that this is a part of you. You are now, you are not seeing this as something that happened to you anymore. You are seeing this as something that's not something that happened to you, but some part of who you are now and a big part of who you are. And you want clothes to embrace that identity as an outward expression of how you're feeling uh, about this new phase of your life and, and all that it means and all that it entails for you. And there's a lot about that that is very much just in the crazy world of superheroes. But I think there's a tremendous amount of that that is very, very relatable to people in, in all walks mm-hmm. of life. Because we all think about, you know, the, we all get surprised, I think, by ourselves in different phases of our life and the different things we go through and the different things that we learn uh, about ourselves and, and who we can be and who we want to be. And Jennifer Walters finding her own way through that and her own way to embrace that throughout this season, but with big steps in this episode, I think was key and, and just really elevates the material to, to make it something, to make it truly great storytelling. Yeah, I, I think that this is where I, I love this story, the ongoing story of Jennifer Walters and, and She-Hulk and the idea that she's treating them as different people and eventually they'll have to be, she'll have to come to terms with herself. And I think when she does that, there's, there's going to be an empowerment. And I think, again, like you said, there's something beautiful about becoming, you know, embracing who you are and not running, not, not, not saying she's running away, but embracing the different sides of yourself. And this is, this is a very fantastical, you know, marvelous way 
of doing that. And again, that's why we love these stories. We, we, we project ourselves onto them and so many people can identify that in so many different ways and layers. And I think that this is what's so great about the show is that it's been a very fun way of, I think, welcoming people and showing people how even someone with superpowers can struggle with this idea of identity and, you know, and, and self-worth, I think in that. And I think that's, what's really cool about the show is that there's, these are really important things that people are kind of uncomfortable talking about because everyone, you know, when you ask them, like, oh, yeah, I, I feel great, I feel, you know, for the most part, I mean, most people would say they probably feel good about themselves, whatever, but maybe they don't. A lot of people don't. And it's kind of very evident in, in our society. I think there's just a lot of pride. There's a lot of people who are afraid to admit those things. And I think that, see, these are, this is a great example of showing you what a character, you know, can embrace themselves even though like they're struggling internally. And I think we're seeing that. And I think that that's where we're going to be getting a great, I think overall, again, I talked about the weakness in the last episode um, that I think that that's Jennifer's weakness right now. She's not embracing who she is. She's, she's fighting. She doesn't, and because she doesn't know who she is or in what side she wants to be, she's, she's getting lost on both ends. And when she embraces that, that's when she'll make come to that conclusion of, am I a superhero? Am I this, or am I that? Because now I'm not being two other people. I am one person and I mm -hmm. love that idea that we're building towards that. So yeah, this is great stuff where they're, they are, they are both putting in a lot of humor and a lot of serious stuff within the last couple of episodes of building towards that. And they've done a great job. I thought of doing it. Absolutely. It's not about guys loving Jennifer Walters or she Hulk. It is about Jennifer Walters loving herself as both, mm -hmm. as both of those things being one and, and part of the same person and embracing that. And she's realizing it and taking big steps forward in that journey in this episode. But there is a B story, as we referenced. We'll get back to the A story in a little <laughs> bit. But the B story is Pug needs two pairs of Iron Man 3 sneakers. Why does he need two pair? Well, he needs one to rock and one to stock. And Nikki respects this. Nikki's the one who he's recruiting to join him in line because the store is only going to let everybody buy just one pair. So Nikki's got to be there to buy the extra pair. And I can relate because when the Kevin Feige crew cap collection used to be a thing at Shop Disney online, I bought one to rock and one to stock for each of those hats because my hats tend to get worn out and I wanted to make sure I kept some hats in mint condition. This is also me saying that they should totally bring back the Kevin Feige crew cap collection that was introduced for Marvel Studios 10th anniversary and ran for a short while after that, a year or so. After that, they need to bring it back and keep it going to get all these wonderful hats for these various Marvel projects, including something like She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Anyway, Nikki uses this opportunity to get a favor that she immediately cashes in because Pug is talking about how he's got an in with the drip broker who can handle superhero fashion, and that is exactly what Nikki needs to find for Jennifer Walters. And I love when they go looking and, and referencing Alonzo to find the drip broker. The fact that it is knockoff Avengers and Avengers merchandise uh, was really funny. And when they, but it goes to another level when they actually wear the stuff and they have the knockoff Thor hammer and the knockoff Captain America shield. And love it. The, uh, the artwork, and the artwork is by 100% Soft at 100 Soft on social. You've seen that work all over the place for Marvel social marketing. I, you don't need me to tell you. You probably already follow. And this artwork, the little emojis that you see with Marvel Studios hashtags or the stickers on Instagram and everything like that, that's where it comes from. And so the artwork being in the show and also uh, 100 Sobs' famous dumpster fire being there on a little dumpster fire figurine that's there on Nikki's desk uh, was also really awesome to see. And I just, I love that it was in there and making that artwork that has always been that for not always, but for a very long time has been a big part of the digital marketing for Marvel Studios movies and series with the MCU that now it's there in canon for the MCU. And the artwork is great. The Hulk with the mustache and like the Thor with the shovel and all this other stuff. It's just, it was so, so good. I really wish, and maybe I need to go back and look, uh, take a closer look because maybe they did. I really kind of hope there was like a knockoff DC thing that they wouldn't get sued for that wasn't so on the nose that they would get sued for just because that is also a big part of for those of us who happen to see them every now and again, you go to a swap meet or somewhere else, 
and you see knockoff superhero merchandise that's supposed to be Marvel or DC, but it mixes up rip-off versions of the characters from each universe. Uh, all of that stuff is always funny, but yeah, the knockoff Avengers gear uh, and Avengers gear was great, and I'm sure that stuff is going to be, if it's not being sold already, I'm sure it's going to be sold sometime very, very soon, and I can't wait to rock get one to rock and one to stock for my Avengers ha matching hat to go with the t-shirt. I'm more uh, of a uh, of an Aven uh, Avengers, Avengers guy. I'm yeah. an Avengers guy myself. Who am I uh, kidding? I'm getting both. Like, it's I'm, true. I'm, I, I, I'm going to complete the set. That's fair. I I, I like the 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 Avengers more more myself for whatever reason. Um, yeah. This this was again this B story wasn't wasn't like captivating, but it was definitely it definitely was entertaining enough. I, I was fine with it. And again, you're building, I knew what they were building up towards with, with her. It made sense. And they're also kind of building up. We'll look at that in a second, but, um, but not just what the, the big thing at the end, but I think the other stuff is just heroes in general. Right. I think that's where I, I was already like, okay, this makes sense. People like this would exist in a superhero universe to design costumes for people. It's just kind of a, it's a no brainer. Right. So that all makes sense. That all tracks for me. Um, I thought, getting there was fun it was fine um the, the cheap knock by the way swap meets are awesome i love swap oh they meets. are like yeah they're they the best i am not knocking swap no, meets no yeah. i know you're not I, i'm just saying i just want to say it for the record like swap meets are amazing so uh i just love them so but yeah i, I liked all this um i thought it was i thought it was interesting um again not my favorite part of the of like not like my favorite thing of the show but it's not terrible it's it's fine it's it's got some got some moments to it so the it was also short and sweet this week like i would agree that yes. was another thing is they didn't it wasn't as drawn out as the light elf court case uh from back in episode three this one just kind of had its little detour off of the main story and then merged right back into it before very long. And I thought that definitely helped it out. And yeah, it was just quick little silly diversion. Let's get back to the main plot. And speaking of which, uh, Holloway is not a big fan of what's happening right now. And ads for the She-Hulk by Titania booty boost smoothie on Santa Monica Boulevard uh, really not into it, and also just thinks it's embarrassing for the firm that they can't handle their own legal business. Jen says she's going to fix this problem. He says she's not, because you can't represent yourself, or you shouldn't rep represent yourself in a court case. That's going to go to Mallory Book, whom we met uh, a little while back, very, very briefly, as played by Renee Elise Goldsberry. She is going to represent Jen, and of course, highlights again that point that I talked about earlier in the show. This is the person who legally outmaneuvered you. But Mallory Book has a plan. They are going to countersue because Jen already established that she had used the name She-Hulk publicly and had been identified as such. She's the one who created the name recognition that Titania is now profiting from. And uh, Mallory su suggests that Jen gets new clothes, which we already know that Nikki is on top of that and going to help solve that. Uh, solve that. So there we go. Connecting the A and B story already. We barely introduced the B story. We're connecting it to the A story and off we go. And then Titania is arguing and showing evidence, getting on our theme here of Jennifer Walters and her identity and embracing that. Titania in court and her attorneys are arguing that and they show evidence of Jen not wanting the name. We see the footage of her just saying, that's not me. I'm not She-Hulk, doesn't like the name. Mallory counters, though, with that interview footage that we saw where whether Jennifer Walters likes it or not, she is forever She-Hulk. But the judge is not convinced, wants to see a pattern of Jennifer Walters using that name. Immediately, I'm thinking, well, they're going to just have to go to the dating profile. And they will. Um, but we need to go back to the, uh, the connection between the A and B plot with, where we meet Superhero fashion designer Luke Jacobson, as played by Griffin Matthews, who, for the record, does not make basic shit, and uh, he is unconvinced that he should take on Jennifer Walters as a client, because she's not even an Avenger yet, uh, despite what Nikki had advertised previously, but he is intrigued by the possibility of needing to design a suit that would fit both Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. Same person, but two different bodies, so he ends up taking the assignment, and we're led to believe that he understands the assignment, even if we don't actually get to see the result uh, by the end of this episode. But uh, I, I think this is, this is a great part of the journey here, like the, the court case highlighting it and exactly what is kind of 
the, the war in Jennifer Walters' mind over her own identity and what it means and what she's going to embrace and, and love about herself versus what she isn't, although she should find a way to embrace and, and love it all. And you know, there it is in court, right? The, the juxtaposition of, I don't want this name versus almost understanding a calling. Like, this is me, whether it was what I wanted or, or what I didn't want. This is who I am. And I think the next step is realizing that you should want who you are. You should love who you are. And I think Jennifer is on that journey. And I think getting her costume will help with that. Again, as in this outward expression that, you know, if one suit can fit both sides of her, per, you know, not even sides of her personality, if one suit can fit both of the sizes that she walks around in, um, then maybe it's easier for her just in her own brain and her own heart um, to accept. If a suit can accommodate both, then so can she. And uh, as far as Jennifer Walters and, and She-Hulk being the same person. So uh, I love the way that represents, uh, has the opportunity to, and the way it's put forth in this episode, you know, represent everything that Jennifer Walters is going through. That's just good writing to, you know, to really define it in, in such a, in such a clear way uh, through the plotting of the episode. Yeah. Well said. And I, I think that this is where I, I, I really liked where they brought back that the whole dating thing and they, they brought in the whole, the, 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 a little bit of the uncomfortable side of, of, you know, and I got handed to the, the writing. And I think the character, um, where she hooks up with that he admits, he's just like, yeah, I, this is not, you know, what I, what I wanted. And I think like, I, it wasn't like the most, like, you know, he was being honest and I was like, well, it's refreshing that they're, they're, they're at least he's being honest, you know, and, and, try, and, and he was honest to her then and honest in front of everyone now. And, and he didn't seem like he was the worst thing in the world. And I was like, okay, like that, I, I respect the fact that they're going about that route and that she is, but it also has to learn through that experience too. Right. I mean, we, and that's kind of like, we can all relate to that in some way about through any kind of relationship we have with someone. And we learn those things and like, you know, something gets sacrificed or whatever, you know, and you realize you lose something from someone for whatever reason, from a personal dispute, whatever. And you have to kind of learn from that. Like you look at, you kind of put, put on yourself, right. And see what exactly, did, you know, what happened there from you know, my, my viewpoint and what can I do and what, you know, is, is there anything, anything I can do kind of an idea. And I love the idea that she kind of is learning about herself through all this. And like you said, I love the idea of the costume really bringing that, that both emotional and physical side together, molding it as one. And again, again, identify with the fact that your people are stronger when they're, you're more in line with their, with themselves. And that, that idea of finding that balance of who you are. And I, I think that's such a big, big, uh, thing for most people that they don't have even to this day, you know, as they get older and people have struggled that when they're, I've seen it myself, you know, I work with, with, with geriatric people for years before and same, same thing. You can still see it happening to be honest. So I just feel that this is a great, a great message to have out. And I think having someone like, uh, you're, you're going off of that with titania. And I, I wanted to take for a, a quick second to talk about titania that, I really like this direction of the character for multiple reasons. I want uh, J J uh, Jamila Jamil is hilarious and, and great as Titania. I had never seen her in anything. I never saw the good place. I know you guys all rave about it, Sean. Um, but um, she because it deserves Titania. it. That's fair. I, I don't know if I'll ever watch it, but either way, it doesn't matter. Um, I really respect the the way they've gone with her because Titania in the comics is like is just there's no backstory. She's like Doctor Doctor Doom grabs her makes her a super villain and that's it. Like that's literally it. So to me, she's a fresh canvas of a character to do whatever the hell you want to do with her. And I love where they're going with this because they're going such a modern, fresh take because now it's who is, you know, why would, would someone with superpowers, you know, market themselves that idea. Like she is a social influencer on steroids, maybe literally at this point, we don't know her backstory, which I'm, I'm oh, excited. She's going to get a power upgrade in this series there. Right. That has to be happening because she's no match. She, you know, she threatens or doesn't really threaten. She, she promises that she'll be back, right? That this isn't over at the end of right. this episode. So as soon as she's saying like, this is an over hater, I'm just like, okay, she's definitely coming back. But physically we already saw in the first episode as she is now, she is no match for she Hulk. So, and we've been talking so much about if somebody got Jennifer Walters blood and, and somebody tried to get it at the end of back at the end of episode three, and maybe that's the leader as we've been speculating about. And now that character is confirmed in Captain America, new world order doesn't mean we won't see the character before then. And so, and, and even if it's not 
the leader, maybe even if it's another character that I feel like Titania is uh, is destined for uh, an, an upgrade to because uh, that's what she's going to want to do now. She's going to want to take her revenge and she's going to want to make sure that she's set up for it. So I, I do think we'll see a Titania 2.0 as far as her superpowers are concerned. Yeah, I, I just I just really like the fact that like this character now is so vain and so and and that's going to drive her to be again like to become more powerful than she hoped to become that influencer that that a lot of these people crave, you know. And and where does it end? You know, where does your you know where does your um your your cup filled completely filled right, Sean? And I feel like Titania is kind of like an extreme version of that culture that is can you know there's to, like anything there is a bad side to it like you know a pro and a con and they're going to really emphasize the idea of someone who braces themselves completely sean to the extent of exploitation of other people and no matter what they want to do and i like that idea that we're you're having that as a parallel or a, the juxtaposition if you will to she hulk and i think that having that character be that social social media influencer where she gets the power upgrade what does that do for her? I'm really enjoying it. I think I, I love seeing her. You know, I love the backstory. I love the idea. There's so much there. And the one reason why I'm like, I'm curious where she fits in. She, I think she's connected with the, with the wrecking crew because they have introduced Craster Creel in this universe. Yeah, they did an agent of shield, but that doesn't count now, obviously, but that's her boyfriend in the MCU or in the Marvel's comic books. She, she's a long time, often often on again relationship with um uh with crasher creole the absorbing man who also isn't necessarily a part of the wrecking crew but he eventually joins up with them here and there he's loosely connected and, and whatever what have you right so i think there is some some kind of going to be connections there with them the leader potentially now i think is also on there so lots of really cool things that we can you know interconnect here and i think i'm curious if if uh creole um, the absorbing man is coming soon because that's her boyfriend. And they have a, you know, I'm who I'm, I cannot wait to see who they cast for that. Like that, when they eventually cast that, that's going to be hilarious. Whoever they play off with her, I can't wait. So lots of great stuff we haven't gotten yet explanations. And I'm excited because I think, I think they haven't really tapped into this character. And I, this is a little bit we've gotten. I've loved, and I can't wait to see what they do with her. Right. Well, for all we know, she is the boss that that record exactly. was yeah. referring mm -hmm. to. Maybe there is, no one else who's part of this, or maybe it's the power broker. I don't know. Uh, maybe don't call her Val is a part of this. I, I don't know. We still don't know who is, uh, you know, who's behind all of these things. Well, not all of these things, just the pursuit of She-Hulk's blood. Uh, we don't know who that is. So maybe that's going to be uh, just Titania or maybe somebody else that Titania is working with. But I do anticipate that she's going to want to uh, put herself in a position where she can be more competitive uh, in a battle against She-Hulk in case it comes to that, because it probably will, but then who knows? Maybe it'll be an example where after all the fighting, they become friends and allies uh, by the end of it. We uh, we shall see. But anyway, continuing on with our story, after the trip to Luke's, then it's Jen and Nikki coming back to the office. Hey, there's creepy fanboy Todd, who gives them the idea to use the dating profile. That's how Jen is going to win the case. And the funniest line of the episode, especially with the just clutch delivery by Ginger Gonzaga, comes from Nikki by parading all the questionable men you dated in the courtroom. Oh, Jen, that's going to be embarrassing. Like, I just, I love that line. And the deliver, but the, the, the delivery is what makes the line. Uh, I, it, it took uh, a few minutes to stop laughing from that one. It was so good. And then we see the parade of those failed dates that uh, is capped off with that pediat pediatric oncologist who explains how he was very into She-Hulk, but Jennifer Walters, just not his thing. But that's enough. Well, as hurtful as that may be for Jennifer Walters, as rude as that may have been for him to say, even though he didn't want to be rude, um, but he just went ahead and said it anyway, it does help win the case that indeed She-Hulk right there was an identity that Jennifer Walters had claimed, at least in some ways publicly, whether she really meant to or loved it or not. She had claimed it, so she wins her case and Titania or She-Hulk by Titania is no more, although she does say this is an over-hater teasing an eventual appearance by Titania later on down the line. So after winning the case, Mallory and Jen, who were not colleagues, they were attorney and client, now they get a chance to be friends, 
And they bond over the idea of, you know, a woman could have literal superpowers and a guy with an internet connection will still think he can do better. Um, and she also brings up, Mallory brings up the point, I thought you were getting better clothes, which teases going back to the clothes. But before I get to that, just on the steps of the courthouse, when Mallory says like what that extremely attractive men said to you, you know, that wasn't cool. Like just even explains like that was that was terrible and you deserve better. And that just dives right back into the theme because this whole idea of like, okay, Jennifer Walters wants to date, find love, all of these things. But as we all know, you know, before you can love someone else, be loved by someone else, you must love yourself and all of yourself. Embrace yourself as Jennifer Walters needs to do, not just as Jennifer Walters, as She-Hulk, because they are, in fact, one and the same. She-Hulk isn't just something that happened to Jennifer Walters. That is part of her uh, that is part of herself. And so that whole idea of learning to love yourself before you can be loved by others. So that way, you know exactly what you deserve and you don't have to settle for anyone, whether that's a romantic partner, a friend or whatever else, settle for less than you deserve because you are aware, you love yourself enough, enough to know uh, what you deserve. It's a very beautiful message uh, that uh, I know it may seem very corny, but it's still important because, as you mentioned, Paul, it's the kind of thing that people struggle with forever uh, from beginning to end. Like it's not, it's something that uh, is very useful to be reminded of in storytelling uh, and very worthwhile and, and presented in, in such a, a great way in this series so far. But speaking of those clothes, that brings us back to Luke and we don't get to see the suits. He made the suit. He also made a little something extra. We don't get to see any of that. We don't know what he's done for Jennifer Walters, but we do see some evidence of what he's done for another client, thanks to something that was left out in the open. And it is a new mask slash helmet for Daredevil. And I know you mentioned on the end of our last episode doing something on the comic binge for Daredevil Yellow. Hey, we're there. There it is. Look at the color of that Daredevil mask. Uh, that is what we are getting uh, very, very soon. And I think, uh, yeah, it can't be too far away because when the lid goes on the box, it says it's an order for pickup. So Matt Murdock is on his way to Los Angeles to get his new Daredevil costume, which is going to set up him crossing paths with one Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. And she loves her, who is learning to love herself by any name, but especially those two. And uh, it was a great way to end the episode. We don't get a tag in this episode, no mid or post credit scene. But this was basically a tag before the credits uh, right. with Jennifer picking up her suits and getting the big hint that Daredevil is on the way. And this also, Paul, yes, it's serialized uh, storytelling for television. This is also very comic book. Like the last panel of an issue gives you the Daredevil helmet, which me, which promises you that you get the Daredevil She-Hulk crossover in the next issue of She-Hulk. So all of that stuff, uh, I, I just, the way they structure this thing and the way they, they merge all of these ideas of MCU movie storytelling, MCU long form narrative with, with the serialized part of it from television and from comic books and have all these different storytelling methods and structures to weave them all together the way that they have continues to be one of the neatest tricks uh, of this series so far uh, that I have enjoyed. In addition to all of the fun, all of the laughs, and the great thematic elements that we've been talking about. So uh, I think as I've talked about this episode, yeah, like I, I had some I had some knocks on the Titania stuff only because it was good and I wanted more of it. But yeah, like this, maybe I did like this one as much as episode four. I don't know. <laughs> the more we've talked about yeah. it, the more I've thought about mm -hmm. it. Uh, the more I, I like it. Not that I didn't like it at the start of this conversation. I, I loved it at the start of this conversation, mm -hmm. but I certainly love it even more after uh, exploring our feelings on it. But yeah, this this end with the the Daredevil tease was just, I mean, come on. Like, come on. You just geek out over it. Yeah, I, I, I just think that there's, this episode's great. The Daredevil tease is interesting. I don't know, again, I'm, I'm going to wait for context and everything because the show's a little bit different. What exactly is he having this guy create this yellow costume for and why he's the one doing it? I, I, I have I'm like very like how he makes the costume in the comics is, is whatever. Right. It doesn't really matter. But I did like the Netflix with having the gladiator character, um, which he's not the gladiator in, in the Netflix series, but that's who he is. Um, be the guy who, who in the in the comic books is a costume maker and he makes the costume for him in the, in the series. I love that. And I love the fact that. Um, he went to him multiple times to uh, Melvin. That's his, I can't think of it for crowd his name, but Melvin. Um, and 
I'm a little like interested in how that's all going to play out with this and and why he's creating this yellow costume. But again, I, I'm I'm open to whatever, and because uh, I I can't wait to get Charlie Cox back in costume. Um, on the comic binge uh, YouTube uh, episode we just did last week, I talk about you know kind of, we kind of break down our first experiences with it, and the yellow costume was always an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, costume to be honest, and. You know, we talk about we, we actually break down like why it shows up, basic or kind of why why it shows up in continuity, and and also in with Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale do, and and then why why it's there. And I'm curious what kind of context it'll have in in She-Hulk and what they'll do with it, and how long it lasts. Because that's my biggest thing is how long is a Daredevil costume going to last before his next series, or better yet, Echo. To be honest, and I don't know if it'll last more than just She-Hulk. So we'll see. I, I I'm excited. I think it looks honestly. I think it looks amazing what we've seen so far of it. So I don't know. It's like I I'm almost going to be sad to see it go because I think it does look pretty rad. <laughs> I hope they keep it for all of She-Hulk and Echo. And I think with the name Born Again, that's where you get a new suit. So I, I think the suit mm. that he has now is. I mean, I don't think the Netflix stuff is. I can't remember. I don't think Charlie Cox or Vincent Nofrey, one of my one of them might have even alluded to this or even just said it flat out. I'm trying to remember if there was an interview at D23 where like, yeah, the Netflix stuff isn't really part of the story or whatever. But I still, I, the way I think the MCU relationship with the Marvel Netflix shows is going to go is what you and I have talked about before, Paul. Yeah. I don't expect them to embrace or uphold the continuity but i also don't expect them to go out of their way to contradict it and uh, you know to make it clear that that never happened and that's not part of it i mean actors can talk about it in interviews but i feel like in story it's going to be in a way where if you want to believe that's part of the history you can and if that applies to you with daredevil what happened to the traditional daredevil suit bullseye took it and so and used it and so like that version of daredevil is no longer the same symbol that it was. So there is a need for a new costume, including a drastic change in color scheme. So that's where it does make sense to me, even whether or not that's officially a part of the history or, or not. Although it's kind of hard for me to just be like, well, that was Charlie Cox Daredevil. So in my head, some of that stuff is still going to be there. And so uh, I think uh, I, I'm good with it for the timing of the new suit. Obviously, just you know, from the more meta part of it, just Daredevil... Being in the MCU for the first time, I know Charlie Cox was there in Spider-Man No Way, no, or Matt Murdock, really good lawyer, was in Spider-Man No Way Home, but we did not have uh, we, we did not have Daredevil uh, in costume in the MCU. That's happening for the first time in this show, and so to have a new suit to go with that, I love it. And also, honestly, it's an anti-Netflix costume, <laughs> like not not Disney or Marvel coming out saying Netflix sucks mm -hmm. or anything, but Netflix obviously steered away from costumes as much as they possibly could with their superhero shows. And here's Marvel going with one of the most comic booky daredevil costumes you could dream up with the yellow suit. So that's Marvel saying, now that Daredevil is home, this is what we get to do with him. Like we love Daredevil costumes, including this one. So we're going to show you how awesome it can be in these uh, in this appearance in She-Hulk. So I, I love that. I love everything it says in and outside of the story, even the parts in the story that may not actually, that may be connected to something that isn't even officially canon in the MCU. I'm totally here for it. I, I love everything that it represents and also just how cool it looks because they showed us a clip featuring Daredevil. I mean, you guys, you all have seen it in the trailer, but they showed us a, an extended clip of Daredevil in an upcoming episode of She-Hulk. Maybe it's even this very next one in episode six, but that costume looks awesome awesome and i am looking forward to seeing it again uh when we see daredevil pop up in the series and seeing a, a lot more of it in this series and, and hopefully like i said I, I like this suit enough that i would love for it to stick around for a little bit echo and maybe even the first several episodes of daredevil mm. born again it's 18 episodes of daredevil born again so you might as well have uh have this costume live in that series for a little while don't know if that's what will happen uh but it'll be interesting to see so uh, there was no tag. There were some Easter eggs in the artwork that we get at the end of each She-Hulk episode. When we finally saw the one to rock, one to stock sneaker collection of Pug, there are some pretty cool previously Fox-owned character sneakers. Like there's Deadpool sneakers, there's Cyclops sneakers, The Thing. I don't know if you noticed it or not, Paul. There's a Scar uh, Scarlet Spider sneak uh, set of sneakers that he has mm. there. This is just fun Easter egg artwork. This is not acknowledging that these characters exist in the MCU yet, and Pug is a fan 
because uh, these characters haven't been introduced in the MCU, but will be uh, in a matter of time uh, in the years to come. We'll just have to wait and see. But overall, really thought this was a great episode. And mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't match one and four on my favorite level, it's pretty close to it because uh, I, I do think thematically it's it's really, really strong and just enjoyed it and can't wait to see uh, can't wait to see the next chapter, which may or may not include Daredevil. Yeah, I, I second everything you say. Like I I don't it's not my favorite of the series, but I think this is to me show, is a great example of how good the series is and how good it can be and and work you know, going forward in different not this is just not just this season, but seasons going forward. I totally agree. And uh, also should highlight, because I don't think we've gone this episode without saying her name, Tatiana Maslany, just as Jennifer Walters and she Yeah, seriously. Man, just her performances, or her performance each and every episode, each and every week, it's just lights out. I mean, I the scene with Mallory, like, um, when uh, when they're at the legalese bar at the end of the episode, like, you can always count on me to throw myself under the bus. Just all of that stuff, the comedic bits, and as well as all the heartfelt, sincere stuff, like it all just works so well. And Tatiana Maslany's performance just does is, is such a huge part of just driving this and and selling all of this stuff, all of the all of the comedy, as well as the uh, emotional arc of Jennifer Walters. That has been such a treat to watch as it has unfolded so far. But that is where we will wrap up this episode. We'll have more to say next week when we have another episode to watch and <laughs> deliver a spoiler review for. But we are not done talking about Marvel. Uh, because we are about to record another episode of Fan Show Plus that's probably available right around the time you've been listening to this. That's at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber or on Apple Podcasts. If you search for Fan Show Plus or the MCU Fan Show channel on Apple Podcasts, you can find it there and subscribe. That's where you'll be able to hear us talk about Secret Invasion, Werewolf by Night, Thunderbolts, Captain America, New World Order. We're going to talk about all of that over there. So again, patreon.com slash Sean Gerber on Apple Podcasts. Search Fan Show Plus to the MCU Fan Show channel. And make sure you follow us on our socials at MCU Fan Show on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to leave that rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. Also, please come over to the Comic Binge uh, YouTube channel, which I host lots of different episodes that we just talked about. And subscribe, like videos on there to help me get more of the algorithm. Really appreciate it, guys. And uh, yeah, check me out there. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>